there, it's me, your money. And welcome to Tandia Talks Money. They say money talks, and it is true, I do. And I also like to work hard. They say it builds character, but it also builds TFSAs and RRSPs, which is why every week Tandia will share new ideas, tips, and wisdom from Tandia's finest to help you get to where you want to go. You know, with a little help from me, of course. Like, who else? Can you believe it? One, that we are in the year 2022. I thought we would be driving flying cars by now, or at least that is what the Jetsons had me believe. I hope all of you listening know who the Jetsons are, but here we are in 2022 and we are ready to take on the year. Maybe this year is all about change for you, new beginnings, fresh starts. We all have these high hopes at the beginning of the year, but We're here today to make sure that that happens for you and we keep you on track. Now, we have a special treat. I have a guest joining me. Now, I will warn you, he might become one of your banking BFFs. That's right. You can have more than one BFF. We aren't mean girls over here. But today we are going to be talking about some interesting stuff. Without fail, this topic is something I get asked about all the time. And while I would love to say to you, I am an expert at everything, I mean, I am pretty close to perfect. I'm just kidding. I'm not an expert on investing. So that's why I'm bringing in the big guys. Literally, Russ is like two feet taller than me. So, but Russ, Tandy as director of Wealth Services, is joining us today. And we will be chatting about all things investing. Where to start? What are some myths? Do we need a million dollars to begin? Welcome, Russ. We are so lucky to have you. Russ, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Carla. Thanks for having me. That was quite the introduction. Yeah, my name is Russ McKay. I'm the Director of Wealth Management Services at Tandia Financial Credit Union. I've been at Tandia now for a little over two years, but my background uh, towards investing is, is quite a lot longer than that. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk a little bit about uh, investing and, and, and the importance of it. Now, I'm going to bring some Canadian 90s, well, maybe it's actually an 80s song, into the mix. But What more perfect way to start off what I think is the biggest myth surrounding this topic? I remember being in my mom's red Honda, and this song was probably on every radio station out there. But it's it's a Canadian gem. So if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you a house. I would buy you. Okay, I don't think I need to sing anymore. You know what song it is. But how funny that 30 some odd years later and a million dollars just seems like a small amount. So first question or first myth I should say to debunk is, do you need a lot of money to invest? Because I would say in my tenure of listening to the community and members, one of the biggest excuses people make for not investing is lack of funds. I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I think of investors and investing, I'm picturing Leonardo DiCaprio, not growing pains, 
but Wolf of Wall Street, you know, the type with millions of dollars at their disposal. But the truth is anyone can invest, right, Russ? Yeah, I think that's definitely a, a misconception is that you have to be rich or, or wealthy to start an investment portfolio. And I don't think that's the case at all. You know, anybody that has any type of financial goal, I think can benefit from setting up an investment portfolio. Uh, and that's when a, where a financial advisor comes in that they can sit down and help design a portfolio that's right for you. So whether you're someone that's, you know, older and more established and you just want to protect your capital, uh, or whether you're somebody that's, you know, in college and you have 500 bucks and you want to start um, a portfolio, I think, uh, I think uh, investing is, is a good start for anybody. I think so too. So that's why we're here today, making sure that we're telling our community and our members and our banking BFFs why it's okay to start and why you don't need to have a million dollars. So why is investing such an important topic, especially right now? Yeah, it's been a hot topic over the last few years. And not in the sense that investing is new, it's been around forever. But I have noticed over the last few years, there's been a quite an increase uh, in awareness towards investing and the importance of it and, and the value that it can bring to families. I think it's probably for a few reasons. I don't know about you, Carla, but I can't really turn on my social media anymore without reading about some kid that um, you know, made a million bucks overnight because of a cryptocurrency that I couldn't tell you about or a stock that exploded. But more importantly, I think for the first time in you know, 10, 20 years, we're entering an inflationary period. And for those that don't know what inflation means, that refers to the rising prices of goods that occurs each year. Uh, and just know that's normal. You know, that's expected. Depending on what country you live in, you should expect prices to go up by one and a half, two percent a year. Uh, well, right now we're seeing inflation rates of four, five, six. We're actually almost at seven percent. And it's not even that, you know, we're just saying it, but we're feeling it. Uh, when we're at the gas stations filling up our, our vehicles, when we're, you know, in the grocery store, when we're trying to remodel our home, the price increases are there. And I think families are starting to realize if is that if you want any chance of trying to keep up with these inflation rates and also reaching your financial goals, you need to work with a financial advisor and you need to start an investment portfolio. Absolutely. I am 100% feeling that inflation. Uh, like I got three little mouths to feed and two out of the three are boys. And let me tell you, they don't get full fast. Russ, what the hell? What is with it with you boys? My husband included. But it is something that's been top of mind for me. Thinking about, you know, how am I going to fund these college or university careers and, you know, have them playing sports and just anything in life, being able to go on a vacation. Um, I really had to change my mindset and think, what can I do now? And where can I start to keep up with the inflation rates and give us the best chance possible going forward? So really, maybe you can answer why does inflation happen? Like what causes it? Obviously, COVID has not helped any of it. Um, but regularly, like in a regular year, what what why does inflation happen? 
Yeah, there's a, a multitude of reasons on why inflation occurs. And, and you're right. Um, COVID is at the forefront of it right now. There's a few main issues that are really causing the prices to go up. Um, the first one, we have major supply chain issues. We have factories and, and plants around the world that are, are shut down and logistic um, shipping companies are, are struggling to get items from point A to point B. And I mean, you've probably seen this yourself. If anybody's trying to buy their, their child a PlayStation for Christmas right now, it's, it's near impossible because there's no semiconductors. And since there's no semiconductors, you, you, know, you have to wait six months to purchase a fridge. If uh, you want to buy a new sofa for your home, you're probably going to wait three to six months because there's a foam shortage right now. Anyone I know that's bought a vehicle in the past few years are getting calls from their dealership saying, uh, you know, asking if they could buy the vehicle back because there's no inventory for them to sell right now. So there's, there's major supply chain issues that are happening. On top of that, we have pent up demand. Millions of Canadians that have been locked down and are ready to get out and ready to consume. And this might not really affect all areas, you know, just because you were locked down in your house for six months doesn't mean you're going to leave the house and go get five haircuts in a week. But uh, someone like myself who pre-COVID, I would eat out once a week. Now I'm eating out, you know, three, four times a week. So those are areas where, where the pent up demand is really taking a toll. And then on top of that, uh, we, I know we talked a little bit about this earlier before the show, but there's, there's wage inflation right now. You know, people are voluntarily leaving the workforce, whether it's for personal re reasons or medical reasons. And at this point, if you're willing to work in Canada, you're a hot commodity. And businesses are realizing that in order to retain their current employees and fill these vacancies, they need to raise wages. And um, I think these three main points are what's causing such rapid inflation in, in Canada right now. Yeah, I can attest to so many of those things that you mentioned. Uh, we have been without a dishwasher since, I don't know, August, because every time I go and search and find the one that I want, it's like a six month wait or five month wait and or else I'm paying for one that's like ridiculously expensive. I really want an Aritzia puffer coat. Um, and I mentioned this in my last podcast that I said by January, I'm going to have it. And when I go to order it, it, it's coming in July. So I don't know how useful that is for me, but you can definitely see it. Like the supply chain is causing a huge issue and definitely causing uh, prices to rise. And yeah, pent up demand. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to get out there. Just the thought of being locked down again gives me PTSD with uh, homeschooling my kids. But the, these are realities, and there's nothing we can do uh, to change it. Hopefully, there's ways that we can start giving ourselves an opportunity to combat it the best way possible making sure that we have everything in order that we can control and making sure that we have uh, the best foundation. That's pretty much what we talk about throughout every episode is setting yourself up for success uh, today so that your future self is going to thank you. So maybe we can go through some myths about investing, some things that, you know, inhibit people or they think that they're not able to do that. I know, again, myself, 
I think of I think of Leonardo DiCaprio and then every month I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to add more. But where am I going to get it from? So maybe we can go through some myths that you commonly see and bust them out for these listeners. Sure. I, I'd say that the most common myth that I hear is that it's it's too risky to invest in the markets. And in theory, yes, compared to a, a you know, a typical savings account. Yeah, investing in the markets uh, does carry more risk. However, you mentioned uh, uh, finding your your banking BFF, and I think it's important that uh, everybody look to their financial institution to speak with a financial advisor and make that person your banking BFF because this is someone that's going to understand you. They're going to have a relationship with you. They're going to understand what your goals are, what your challenges are, um, what your your time horizon is, and more importantly how much risk you can tolerate and you're comfortable with. And your financial advisor is there to help create an investment portfolio that is not only going to help you, you know, achieve your financial goals, but is going to keep you in an investment where the risk is something that you can tolerate and that you can handle and that, you can, you, that you're comfortable with. So I do think, you know, if you want to tackle the markets on your own and you want to start up a, you know, a self-directed account so you can buy and sell stocks on your own, there is risk there. But when you work with a financial advisor, when you have that banking BFF, that person is going to be there for you. And, uh, and they ensure that you're not in an investment that's too risky for you. Oh, absolutely. I, again, been working in finances for 11 years, maybe, maybe going on 12 at this point, I don't even know. But every time I go to try to do a self-directed investment, I always stop myself because I'm, I stop myself and I say, you know what, I really, I really don't know what's best for me. So I do agree. I think working with somebody, I've worked with some of your team um, and they've helped me realize like, what, what is my risk tolerance? What, what am I hoping to gain? What am I investing for? Because it's sometimes until you say it out loud to somebody, you don't even really know what your risk tolerance is. Um, I thought I was really conservative and I thought I couldn't let stuff go and that I would look at it all the time and think, oh my God, I'm losing money. But turns out I'm actually, I'm actually a little riskier than I thought. So I didn't come to realize that until I actually sat down with somebody. And I think that's the first step is, is asking for help and sitting down with a financial advisor, uh, you know, whether that's at Tandia or, or any other financial institution, I think another myth is that you need to be an expert to have an investment portfolio. Uh, and that's simply not the case. And I think this is where the media and Wall Street does wrong is that they make it sound much more complicated than it needs to be. I sometimes worry if I'm that type of person as well, I try to simplify it. But you don't need to be an expert. And that's the best part about having a financial advisor is that, you know, they're the expert for you. They keep it simple. You guys will sit down and have a game plan together and really allow that financial advisor to, to know what you, you know, who you are and what your goals are, you know, and, and they work with you along with professional portfolio managers to make sure that you're taken care of uh, in a way that you're comfortable. Yeah, I think that's that's great. When people talk, I mean, I feel like, again, I understand bank lingo, but I don't think a lot of people do. And I think a lot of people, when they hear market talk, especially like they just 
you know, that glazed over look happens and they're just nodding and saying, yeah, I, yeah, I, I get what's going on, but really they don't know. Like they don't know what these things mean. They don't know what these terms are. So one of the ones that I get asked about all the time is diversification. So what, what does that mean? Like when people say that, maybe you could outline for the listeners, you know, what, what that concept actually means. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so diversification refers to having different types of investments within your portfolio so that you don't have all your eggs in one basket. I think maybe it's best if I kind of just explain the basics of the different types of investments that there are uh, and how an investment portfolio is made up. So I know it's common for people to, to hear about stocks, um, which is also referred to as equities. And, and this is when you're essentially buying shares in a company. So when someone wants to buy stock in Apple um, and they buy one share of Apple, they are actually technically an owner of Apple. Uh, and as an owner of that stock, you're entitled to any growth that happens with that company. Uh, but likewise, as an owner, if things go sour for that company, you're also entitled to the downside as well. Your, the value of your investment can go down. So I think as a rule of thumb, when, when you hear someone talking about stocks, it's good to associate that as a rule of thumb as just higher risk, higher reward. There's different types of stocks that you can buy, but uh, again, a higher risk, higher reward. And then on the, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have bonds, which is a type of fixed income security. And this is essentially when a company uh, or a government wants to raise money, they'll issue what's called bonds, and it will allow people like you, know, you and I to buy these bonds, essentially loaning money to that company or government. And as payback for that, we receive an interest payment, whether it be twice a year or once a year. And then at the end of the loan, we get our money back. So bonds, unlike stocks, think of this as a little bit more boring. These are more conservative, they're low risk, um, but likewise, they're low reward. And then we have mutual funds, which brings this all together in a diversified fashion, like you mentioned. And a mutual fund is a pooled investment that brings together a diversified set of stocks and bonds in order to help achieve uh, an investment goal that are built for people with different risk tolerances. So Carla, you mentioned that you felt maybe you were conservative. So someone that's conservative would have a mutual fund that's heavily weighted in bonds with just a little bit of stocks, where someone that's younger and wants to be more aggressive and, and has more time and is, is willing to take on a little bit more risk, they would want a mutual fund that's pulled up of more stocks than it is bonds. So that's what's so great about mutual funds is that we're able to put together a professionally managed portfolio that's diversified with lots of products and it's diversified in a way that uh, it's comfortable for you with what your risk tolerance is and in order to help you achieve whatever goal it is that you need. I think that explains that fully, but I think, I think Russ just called me old. He said, if you're younger, no, I'm just totally kidding. He's not that much younger than me. But it's it's so true. It's not having all your eggs in one basket. You know, you have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. 
making sure that, you know, you have the right investment for the right savings plan that you have. I know, again, when I was talking to uh, one of our wealth team members about my own personal situation, you know, she just flat out asked me and I joked with her. I'm like, why don't I have money? Like, where's all my money going? And she she has older kids than me and she brought me back down to life. And she said, Carla, you have three kids under five. That's where your money is going. But she asked me, what do I want to save for? What are things that are important to me? And, you know, I mentioned things like education or I want to go on a trip. Maybe I want to do a kitchen reno and I don't want to have to rely on using credit. So how do I save for these things that are longer goals and short-term goals. And she really helped me understand that by diversifying what my portfolio looks like, I can save for different things at different times. And it gives me some comfort in knowing that I have some lower risk items that I can kind of capitalize on. But also I have the opportunity to earn a little bit more, have my money working harder for me. So I think that is a very important concept for people to understand is the concept of diversification. And again, you're really hitting the points for us about the importance of working with a financial advisor because they they are the experts. And even if you don't continue to work with them or you just go for a little bit of uh, relationship advice about what you're looking for and you move into something self-directed, it's a great touch point to have, you know, just like, you know, you don't go to the doctor for like 15 years or maybe, you know, I'm going to use the example of, I hate the dentist. I'm sorry to any dentists out there, but I will do anything and everything to avoid going to the dentist. I've always hated it. But when I don't go for a period of time and then I do go, they're they're coming at me like, Carla, you have six cavities. So instead of me just making the point to check in with my dentist, I ignore it. And I think I could do it myself. I brush my teeth. I floss. I'm good to go. Uh, not so much. So think of your finances in the same way. You know, it's it's easier to just ignore it and hope one day, you know, you're going to win. You know, if I had a million dollars, you're going to keep singing it in your head, uh, wishing for it. But taking the opportunity to meet with somebody and helping you make sure you're realizing on that. So you can have a million dollars. And it's it's funny because in that song, it said I'd buy you a house is the first thing. Now, yeah, I don't I don't know what house you're getting for a million dollars, at least in southern Ontario right now. Uh, that's a pretty basic house um, at this point. So that just goes to show inflation. But maybe, Russ, can you can you talk about some, you know, we've we've discussed diversification, inflation, we get kind of like the basis of why things are the way they are, why it's important to invest. But what are some tips you can give us going forward? Definitely. There's a few. And um, just to be clear, you are young, Carla, and that's why um, I think you learned that you can handle more risk in your portfolio. So that tells you right there. Good answer. (laughs) I I do have a few tips. The first would be to start early. Uh, Now, I don't want people to think that just because maybe um, 
you know, if you're a little older now, it's too late. That's not the case. But the, the earlier you start, the better. And the reason is you get to take advantage of what's called compounding, compound growth. And this refers to making interest on top of your interest. Um, so with mutual funds, for example, that we talked about, you, you have two options. You know, any dividend or interest income that you that you earn, say on a monthly basis, you have the option to have that investment pay that to you in cash. Or you can make the option to have that automatically reinvested back into your portfolio. So I know it, it, it can be tempting to want to take those payments and take that cash and just put it in your checking account or, or use it towards your bills. But uh, by reinvesting it, it gives you the potential to uh, exponentially grow your investment over the long term. So the sooner you start, the more you can take advantage of this exponential growth. And that's why I would argue back to the question about having to be rich um, to invest. I, I would argue that, you know, a, a kid in college with $500 is actually going to benefit long term more than than someone that's that's older um, and already established due to the effects of compound growth. That makes total sense. Anything else you got? Yeah. Uh, another another tip I would give is to invest regularly. Um, some people think of this as, as paying yourself first. Uh, but when you set up an, an investment portfolio with an advisor, they're going to give you the option to set up an automatic contribution. It can be each week or each month. This is what's called as a, a pre-authorized contribution. And again, it, it automatically will make payments from your checking account into your investments on, say, a monthly basis. And, and I, I strongly recommend this. Everybody says the term, you know, you need to buy low and, and sell high. But that's pretty hard to do. Uh, it's easier said than done. I think it's best to not attempt to time the market. Just make regular contributions into your investment portfolio. You'll, you'll see that you dramatically increase the odds of, of capitalizing on any short-term dips. Uh, another good tip I would give is to stay invested. You know, depending on how aggressive or, or, or how conservative your portfolio is, uh, your investments might experience ups and downs. Um, but history has shown us that investors that are patient, disciplined, and stick to their game plan with their financial advisor, uh, they are rewarded over the long term. And I know that when markets decline for an extended period of time, it, it can be scary. Uh, we saw this when the markets crashed during COVID. It was one of the more substantial crashes of our time. Um, but I will tell you, if you speak to anybody that pulled out their investments during that crash, most all of them will tell you that that it, it probably was a financial mistake as the markets recovered to all-time highs and then some um, just like it has with all the other dips that have happened in history so i would definitely say stick to your game plan stay invested and in fact when those dips happened happen if you are investing regularly like we mentioned with a pre-authorized contribution you'll not only survive those dips, but you'll take advantage of them and you'll profit off them. That's that's key. We talked about that in many other episodes about how automating your kind of savings plan and paying yourself first and forcing yourself to do that does give you a higher reward, right? It's It's a lot easier to just set it and let it go than it is to say, oh, you know, yeah, Peloton is doing really great right now. I'm going to invest in that. Or, oh, no, 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 it just, it's plummeting. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll pull my money out. So 
I think that is a really solid piece of advice is, you know, invest in yourself regularly, stick to your game plan and know that you will be rewarded. Set it and and let it go. Right. So and we've talked about all these things. Now, who who do we ask for? Who do I talk to if I go to? I mean, I, I know who we go to at Tandia, but. If I didn't bank with us and I banked with somebody else and who do, who do I go to? There's so many different terms, a member solutions advisor, a financial advisor, a relationship manager, like who are the people we should be looking for? Good question. Getting started is easy and you're right. Whether it's at Tandia or another financial institution, most all financial institutions, they have financial advisors on board that, that would love to speak with you. Uh, in branch. Now at Tandia, we have two different routes. Uh, you can walk into one of our many branches throughout Southern Ontario, or I recommend call our wealth desk Monday to Friday, uh, and you'll directly speak with one of our trusted advisors over the phone, and they can help you get started. I know, Carly, you've had the chance to meet some of our team, uh, our wealth advisors at Tandia. They are nationally ranked, uh, and they're equipped to take care of you uh, in branch, over the phone, uh, or virtually. Uh, in fact, if social distancing is important to you, as it is to many, uh, even signatures can be done virtually at this point. And, and, and yeah, it can all be taken care of virtually or, or over the phone. I love that. I Maybe some of the other moms out there can can sympathize with me or agree with me, maybe is the better term. But the only great thing about COVID has been curbside pickup and virtual signatures. Because let me tell you, trying to have a serious conversation over the phone or over the computer with three under five at home is nearly impossible. So when I can communicate with somebody so much easier and not have to worry about, oh my God, where am I, dro- where am I dropping my kids off to go make that signature? That is really great. Those are those are my favorite things of COVID. So what would you say to people that like to do their own stock trading? Because I, I do know there are a lot of people out there that love this stuff. They research it. They are interested in it. Is it recommended? Is it something that you would recommend against? Or is it profitable for them? Like, what would you say to somebody that said, you know, I'm I'm really good on my own. I feel like I understand the market enough, but how do I do that? Where do I start? And is it a good idea? That's an interesting question. I, I find it exciting to see people wanting to take control of their financial future and start buying and selling stocks on their own. And I do, I do recommend it. However, I do feel in terms of your more serious financial goals, long-term goals, you need to have your basis covered first. And that starts with a financial advisor to make sure that all your bases are covered. If you're more inclined to self-manage your own portfolio and you want to play the stock market, we can help you with that as well. We can set you up with a Qtrade self-directed account. And this is an easy platform that allows you to buy and sell stocks on your own. If you'd like to get set up with this, you can call our wealth desk and we can help you with that. But again, in my experience, and in order to achieve long-term financial goals with a bit more certainty and in a less risky way, we'll say, it's most effective to do so with the use of an advisor that's going to help you stick to your game plan, 
and is going to implement a professionally managed portfolio that will change as you move through life. Having a self-direct account with us to buy and sell stocks on your own, that's great. Uh, but I, again, you want to make sure that your main goals are covered first. And I think that the studies show that this is more effective. Those who work alongside a financial advisor, on average, have three times the amount of assets than those who don't over a 15-year period. Um, so I think both is great. But again, I, I know I've harped on a, a lot, but uh, using a financial advisor is going to be the most effective way to get you towards your long-term goals. Okay, that's that's really you know comforting to know that you can still still play the market on your own, but still have the advice of somebody that is there to kind of guide you or keep you on track. You know, like the like. Uh, I'm going to equate it to like a balloon, right? Like you could go fly off on your own, but then somebody can kind of just pull you back down and reset your goals. So I think this was really great. I think this is a lot of good food for thought for people. It maybe gets them thinking about if they want to start investing, where they want to start investing and gets them thinking that you don't need to have millions to start and that there are people out there that will help you work through it. Thank you so much, Russ, for joining us today. Don't be afraid, people. Um, if you have questions or this sparked some interest or you would like to hear a second episode with uh, our new BFF, Russ, we can, we can make that happen. So please send in your questions. Reach out to us on social media. If you would like to get started and want to reach out to Russ and his team, I will link their information in our show notes. And as always, if you build healthy financial habits early on, your future self will be forever thankful. We believe in the power of financial literacy and how by having an understanding of your financial picture helps to empower you to make better financial decisions and have a positive relationship with money. We want you to recognize your worth and help you enjoy life to its fullest and have the experiences that you've always wanted to do. I think we could all use a vacation. No, we're here for you. We encourage you to get in touch at any time, whether it's with a question about our business or a comment on how we might be able to answer your burning financial questions. After all, at Tandia, your voice is the most important one. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you have found value through this podcast. We are on all social channels, so please snap a photo of this podcast, tag us, and share us on your channels so we can help get the word out. You can always connect with us at tandia.com, and we will be sure to list all the ways you can get in touch in our show notes. Catch you soon. Thanks for tuning in. I don't know about you, but I feel smarter already. Remember, Tandia is here to help. If you found this podcast helpful, please let us know. Got feedback? Want to learn more? Just head to Tandia.com. Tandia, as unique as you. Tandia.